Hello and welcome to the Extraordinary Podcast. This is Tobias, your host and the founder of the Future Academy and strategic brand consultancy, Wonder. Hey, in this episode, I have a special guest for you, a real treat. I'm talking to Mike Mikhailovich, who is an entrepreneur. He's also an author, educator, a speaker. He's written five great books on entrepreneurship. And, you know, his mission is really to provide you with simple tools for building businesses and, you know, helping people avoid the struggle and the pain that comes with entrepreneurship so often. And, you know, that's not far from from our mission at the Future Academy as well. And that's why I really, really love for you to get to hear what, what Mike has to say. Unfortunately, but you'll be able to to get the, the golden nuggets, you know, from this podcast anyway. So um, before we jump into the interview, I also want to mention that I've just opened the doors to my signature brand transformation program called Brand Mastery. So if you want to check that out, you can find that at thefutureacademy.com forward slash brand mastery. And there is a generous offer for you if you take me up on the offer uh, within the next uh, 10 days. Now, this uh, is recorded on October 29th. So the course will be closing and the special offer goes away within the next 10 days. As you will notice, there are a few moments during this interview where the sound is a little bit off and the same applies to the video, which you can find on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash thefutureacademy.now or our YouTube page. You know, the sound recording, I think it's probably because of the internet, there are some small hiccups there, but you will be able to follow the conversation and uh, you will get your value out of this. So I highly recommend really digest and uh, immerse yourself with this material. It's really powerful. And finally, make sure you go and check out Mike Mikhailovich. You can find him at mikemikhailovich.com. That's Mike followed by M-I-C-H-A-L-O-W-I-C-Z.com. You Google him, you'll find him. His books are called The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, The Pumpkin Plan, Profit First, Surge, and most recently, Clockwork. They're all fantastic books and resources. So hope you enjoy this episode. And remember, also go and check out Brand Mastery. Here we go. All right. So uh, welcome to the Academy and welcome to the Extraordinary Party. You're listening to this through the audio. We're doing some uh, multimedia, multimedia recordings today. Exciting, but much more exciting than that. My guest today is Mike Mich- and, uh, you know, he has a real story and uh, I can relate to a lot of stuff that I've read about him, books and, and seen his interviews. Uh, most of all, uh, that uh, he has been an entrepreneur, but he's been an entrepreneur for the majority of his life, I believe. He went through some ups and downs. He had his success and also had great failure, if you can yeah. say that. Uh, and uh, at some point in his career, I asked him about that, he made a shift from the an entrepreneur starting and selling companies to actually advising and helping entrepreneurs so to to avoid going through some of the pain experienced and but also to the successes that he's had welcome to the ship with you so just gonna say i have two cameras gonna be looking at mike and also the audience i don't want to be impolite mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna be uh, schizophrenic a little bit here but so much for joining mike and welcome oh tobias thanks so much for having me and we're able to schedule yeah so great and uh as i to restarted i've read all your books uh, and I've uh, I've yeah. really not only read some favorites, uh, the one that had most impact on me was the Pumpkin Plan, uh, probably because it ha- it's close to what I do as a as a brand strategist. It's about 
for me it's about different focus and so mm. I've really been back to that book many times mm. I'll get into that a little bit later but before we jump into your books your work your strategies and give people ideas why don't we start by if you can share a little bit like what happened in your uh, what were the events that led to doing uh, what you do today yeah, so I've been an entrepreneur my entire adult life. Ever since I graduated university, I have been an entrepreneur and um, never thought to be. I kind of fell into it, but then fell in love with the experience process. And what got me to where I am today is I had the, on the upside things of building and selling two multi-million companies. I had a private equity transaction. And I also had a Fortune 5 transaction. And um, on top of the world in, in regards, but also full of full ignorance. I really did not understand um, what made it operate? I, I ends up in reflection. I was in the right place at the right time. And says, I really didn't understand how to operate the healthy way. Uh, that's full of arrogance, too. I thought I knew everything. Well, I yeah, said, third, I will. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, it all figured out. My business was uh, as an investor, uh, putting money into different businesses. And the idea was to get many going at the same time. Now I can make good money. Well, I was hard at it. I lost all money. I evaporated all my Lost my, lost everything, my house, my possessions. The only thing I didn't lose was my family. And well, thank yeah, it was brutal. That was only 11 years. But what was interesting, uh, what put me on my trajectory to be an, an author for entrepreneurs is uh, I remember dreaming, a question you can ask yourself, if you had all the money in the world, what would be your job? What would you do or career or dream endeavor? For me, it was to be an author. I thought that pipe dream and super. When I had nothing, I found a complimentary question, which is when you have no money at all, what's the location, what's the activity you will do to drive income? What, what do you feel called most to do? And then activity with the dream, well, there you have it. And I said, I can be an author, but I'd be profitable doing that. This is what I want to do as a, as a career. And I also want to be my ultimate dream of being a impactful author. So 11 years ago, I, I devoted myself to, I've written, you know, I haven't been me, but I've written uh, six or seven books. Now I have a, a new one coming out. Uh, Some of them my, here. Yo, thank you, brother. Nice. Nice. Um, and my uh, my life's mission is to eradicate unreal poverty. To kind of oh, close I love my... that. Thank you. If I can just jump in there, yeah. I've been thinking about a lot, actually. Uh, so I've been my own uh, new venture, the future. One of the reasons has really been that I'd, idea that I think there's so much entrepreneurial suffering uh, that people don't really talk about <laughs> because I don't think entrepreneurs sort of wired that way. You're not sort of talk to how you're suffering. You're like, yeah, things are fine, but at the back of your, you know, you know right. that. Yeah, it's like a, it's a shell game and it's, it's a vanity game. You know, many entrepreneurs judge the health of their business uh, through a comparison. You know, what's your revenue like? Some questions are, what's your revenue, your income, employees you have? It's all a contest of like, yeah. how big are you, right? And if yeah. you have more employees than me and you have more revenue, you're winning and I feel compelled to compete with you. Yeah. Here's a big downside. Revenue does not dictate the health of business. In fact, I would argue revenue translates the rest of a business because revenue, income, is a sale, so it's an obligation to deliver some progress to that customer. The more sales you have, the more obligation you have. An yeah. obligation, organizational stress, which small business translates to stress on the owner. So the sales we have, the more we're pulling our hair, and this isn't working. The yeah. solution to this, this is profitability. Profitability translates to sustainability. Yeah. So how do you retain the cash that's flowing through your business? And I'm, Tobias, I'm more impressed by a business, you know, on a U.S., you know, $5,000 and the owner taking home 150000 I mean, does $5 million and you're taking home you know, nothing or $75,000. Yeah. Yeah. That revenue does not impress me. I used to, but yeah. revenue, and I think the question we entrepreneurs need to have the next to see an entrepreneur, don't ask how big is your business, how much revenue. Yeah. Ask how healthy is your business. It's a whole different yeah. dialogue. It's yeah. a great one, but it's an important one. Yeah. True, and people don't really ask that. You know, It's no. true what you're saying. So, 
If we go back a little bit to the idea of entrepreneurship, like what do you, what does it mean to entrepreneur today? You know, in your like in world, because an entrepreneur put on a pedestal lately it was very different. Yeah. Like to school, I'm I'm 43 and I'm 44, so and no one wanted to know. It wasn't cool, and now it's like a whole different thing. But what what do you think it means to be an entrepreneur today? Well, an entrepreneur, the traditional definition still exists. It's someone who takes on extraordinary risk to buy concept or to market. I think that's the basis remains the same. I think glorification. Now, we hear these stories of, you know, Markerberg or Elon Musk is like the entrepreneur now, or or Sarah Lee. You know, there's always entrepreneurs have these stories. Like Sarah, she's the founder of Spanx. Starts something yeah. in a, a dorm room, cutting out material pantyhose. Now she has a billion dollar corporation. What, what I don't like about that is that it's mythology, meaning entrepreneurs go into business saying, I need an idea, and if I stick with it for a period of time, I'll be a billionaire. And they're the lot winners. Like Elon Musk and Sarah Blakely, they hit it, and they hit it big. And I've seen hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs I've met who are, I would argue, capable, just as smart, just as networked, but their business is a million dollars, or five million, or maybe struggling to get past 100,000. So uh, the danger we run in the cover of those magazines is saying, should be me. No, it's atypical. You should the lottery. You should have yeah. a sound system. I, I, uh, the, the real story entrepreneur is these sub-million companies or one or two million dollars that trot along as companies, but the real good entrepreneurs, business is very healthy, very, very strong. Yeah. Um, so that I think entrepreneurship is, there's, it's just been glorified recently, so we, we skim over the ugly sides, the struggles that we face. Yeah, no, that's great. And I heard somewhere about the statistic in the U.S., 50% of companies, or actually more than that, I think the stat is, are not profit, and the majority of that 60% are actually money. And I think that translates yeah. to something like a million companies in the U.S. alone. Now, if you number, like globally, out of pain, you know, not just for the entrepreneurs, but also the families, like how they're affected by poor entrepreneurs. I mean, it's a major <laughs> issue, but a lot of people talk about that. But It's a major issue. You know, the statistic I've heard is 80% of businesses are surviving check by check, barely staying afloat financially. And um, this is true globally, too. It's not just us. U.S. has 28 yeah. small business. A small business, by the way, defined by the SBA, which is the Business Administration in the U.S. They define as a company that does $25 in revenue or less. That's, wow. a, you know, that's me. Uh, I, I, maybe it's your business. It's everyone listening into this. So yeah. Yeah. The, the vast majority of business, SBA, is small business. Globally, there's a million in the U.S. There's 100 million businesses globally registered. And there's tons of other businesses that, that we don't know exist because they're not properly registered. Yeah. Well, of these businesses, 3% are check by check, which means if they're substantial in revenue, they can't cover their bill. So the, the solution is this constant panic to sell. Many businesses, almost all of them, are surviving by saying, we got to sell more, we got more, sell like crazy. And they grab the cash. And even before it's in their hand, back out the door, the panic ensues, I sell more. They have fiscally owned businesses. They, they haven't addressed the efficiencies necessary for a business to be healthy. They stuck in this constant sales trap. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I think that's a good way. That's a good point to segue into your, your ideas because, you know, we, we know what the problem And I think, yeah. like, to our entrepreneurs, all entrepreneurs all feel it. We all know it. I don't, I don't think, like you said, Cerebral or Elon Musk, I mean, uh, plus they went through their struggles as well. Sure. As an entrepreneur, if you're a real entrepreneur, you know the pain and uh, yeah. anxiety that comes with it. So I think it's very noble of you to, to take that on as a mission. And I, actually, I was preparing for this. I was, uh, I think there's a back cover of, of Buckwork where Simon Sinek says, calls you a, a patron saint for entrepreneurs. I think that's, that's a pretty good mission. Yeah, when he it is when he said it took the breath out of me. I, Simon Sinek, I had so much by the impact having as an author yeah. and yeah. for entrepreneurs and and, this, and large business. 
And um, I've known him over the years. We, we both started authorship careers around the same. He's had explosive success. And yeah. when, when he shows words, I was just taken back by what extraordinary kind gesture that is. And uh, I, I, uh, to me, he's almost like a D, right, in this space. So I, I take it as a responsibility now. Got to fix the problem of entrepreneurial poverty. Yeah, I'm, I'm backing you on that one. Um, okay, so into some of your uh, your philosophy, your strategies, I wouldn't have time to go into all of it. But I mean, uh, before we dive into the different books, uh, uh, the paper entrepreneur, the the pump profit for surge and clockwork, right? And that's the sequence. I know them all, yeah, yeah. I think so I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have a new one. So it comes out in April. It's called Fix Next, and uh, I'm on this mission to just keep on producing um, content that really helps entrepreneurs. So. Fantastic. Well, before we dive into uh, ideas, like, is there a idea, a purpose, a, a connection or system behind? Like, are they connected? Because in the way I'm, there are. Like, yeah, I, I can and, and they are one key word for each book. Are connected, and uh, the first thing is the common themes. I am trying to simplify entrepreneurship. I'm saying I can make entrepreneurship easy, make it simpler. Yeah, uh, you know, profit first, which is my most popular currently. Is really about simplifying how to become profitable with the complexities of accounting and just yeah. doing it on a very simple basis. Stock work was about efficiency. All was how to narrow the fewest things that have the greatest impact efficiency. Yeah. But in addition to that book, which is called Fix Next, what the thesis of that book is, I've realized the challenge entrepreneurs have is they don't know what their biggest challenge is. There's this constant, almost near panic to address all these issues, all these apparent issues, you know, all these different fires. And we often glaze over or not even aware of one thing about business forward the most. So this next is a way to pinpoint where your vital need is business that needs to be over all those other urgent issues. What's the really impactful thing? Yeah, and great. so that book helps pinpoint it. And what I'm doing now is that book, I intend to be the hub of the work that I do in that once you find that you have a HR problem or an efficiency problem or a problem that I will have written, will write a book that then solves the problem. Step one yeah. is knowing your challenge. So that's right. kind of my books, Fix This Next, and the solution for that. The, the, the problem I see that entrepreneurs have, uh, and I was facilitating this, people would ask me, Mike, what do I read? And I said, oh, you read this book. It, I recommend mine or one that I've read recently that's phenomenal. I just read Crucial Conversations. Amazing. You've got to read but those are arbitrary solutions, great solutions, but because mm. I don't know the problem is yet. We have to nail down what is the roadblock in our business first and then fact. Yeah. Um, a lot of the themes uh, that keep recurring, me thinking of the 80-20 rule, uh, which is something that I've also been quite by. I think, you know, um, uh, the pumpkin plan is a lot about the 80-20 rule. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And have you read this book by Richard Koch? Well, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his, but his is a book called the 80-20 Rule, and that's uh, it's kind of in the zone. Yeah, for a second, for a second, heard you talk about was the 80-20 Rule. I read that book, oh. um, but I'm familiar with principle, which is the 80-20 Rule. And yeah, yeah. It, it, just a quick history lesson. Pareto studying behavior realizes that 20 of the things we do affects 80 outcomes. Um, notice this is an age, he, he was a gardener. Notice that pea plants. 20% of the pants yielded 80% of the pods, the fruit well. Yeah, yeah. In our business, when we can narrow down the few that have the greatest impact and focus, our business will grow explode. Problem yeah. is we're not narrowing down. We're just jumping over the place doing everything. Yeah, exactly. So why don't we, well, back to the toilet paper entrepreneur, just to go this through this chronologically. What so, is a toilet paper, paper entrepreneur? How did you come up with yeah, that name? Yeah, so that was my first book. And 
what it was was I wanted people to understand the power of lack. Yeah. We don't have resources. Um, we don't have finances. We don't have a network. Those are actually opportunities. A lot of entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs that feel that they need to have all the education in the world. They need to have all the training in their industry to know all the network. They need more and more time to launch their business. And uh, the argument is it's actually the things that can work manage. If you don't know the industry, you break the rules of the industry. Right. If you don't have cash, you have ways to get things done frugally, which can manage over the competition that's got to earn money to move forward. You can do it with that. Uh, the lack of uh, contacts and a network of potential buyers means you have to in the market, which means you have to have a proven product and you go in much stronger than having to have rapport with you. Friends are the worst customers of all because they'll say, yeah, I love what you're doing. I'll help you out. But they're to be gracious because you have a viable business. We believe we have a viable business. So to paper yeah. entrepreneur is about the power lack. It works to your advantage. But in 2008, if I remember Yeah, that was my first book, yeah. So what 11 years ago, that's your... when I've gone through this journey. And I decided that's when I became an author and wrote that book. It was really like kind of the, the transition that you started. Into. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, plan, uh, which I've been mentioning a few times, my, my favorite yeah. Uh, how did you come up again? Like you're using really clever analogies Thank you. Know, where, where you come up with them. Can you just explain what is the pumpkin plan? Poo? Yeah. And the plan, it's honestly my favorite book I've written too. It was just a joy to write that. And it's just, it's just, it's just a joy. And that book in particular is the 80-20. But specifically what I learned there is differentiating good clients from bad clients, yeah. catering to your good clients and the process to then therefore own those good clients. Now, the analogy is pumpkin farming, colossal farming specifically, is that this faction of pumpkin farmers who can grow exclusively organically, you know, organic and healthy pumpkins, um, changing a few fundamental ways they approach pumpkin farming. And the idea is for a bit, we can grow a very organic, healthy business uh, if we just tweak the ways we're, we're uh, starting this business. And that is based upon the clients. And once you clarity on the ideal client, catering to them, it modifying service or product suite to deliver to them in a way that no one can, and that's where this explosive organic typically happens. And what was the reception like for the book? You know, I can that there are some people that say, "Oh, well, that's overimplistic," and uh, you know, do are there people who think it's going to shrink my business? Or what's the what was the response of the book? Yeah, so I mean, there, I'm sure it was pop. Sure, there's always. Well, no, yeah, I, I've been very. Uh, the book has become continues to be very popular. Actually, can grow in popularity, but the um, the feedback. Yeah, entrepreneurs. My books fear the sympathy because it seems too easy. Like, really, I can take profit out right from the get go of business. That's profit first. Really, I can fire my business will grow. Mm, that's not yeah. going to work. And the funny thing is, we have what's called a confirmation. We look back at our history in our business and say, never fired a client, and, and I haven't grown so. I fire a client because I never done that before. And we look at yeah. our past and you know my past got me to work here. So why should I change? And uh, well, the point is, we'll get to stage one. We'll get to stage two is a different problem to change things. So that simplicity. Just, my books arm over the patient professor teaching you. I, I do joke around in my books because I think we make light of it. Otherwise, entrepreneurship is way too intense. So I get some resistance to that saying, oh, you know, this guy doesn't take it seriously. I take entrepreneurship extraordinarily seriously, but I think it should be a fun joy process. So yeah. those are some of the resistance and challenges people, you know, will put out there. Yeah, yeah. And and I, like I'm I'm not perfect for one, um, but there is a community of entrepreneurs, and I'm very full. It continues to grow. I'll say, wow, this 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 is what I've been looking for. Someone who gets me will talk at my level. I've lived it myself forever. It'll be very raw and very real about circumstances, and an inch what my research and my own experience as businesses will experience and 
and my research reveal. Um, I want to give it to, out uh, so there's yeah. a community that's you know enjoying that. Back from people who actually implemented like uh, broke firing clients and actually that and and you know constant, yeah constant. I'm just looking yeah. at my email now. Uh, since we started, I've gotten I can see one uh, emails have come in so far. So I because I ask people to put in a subject line emails over here uh, yeah. and I tell them the subject line and so I can tell it's reader and so two have come in and it, 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 there's this constant stream. Now, the thing is I ask for it. So when people read my I'm like hey drop me an email tell me how you're doing yeah. me tell me about your dream and. What it does for me is it it affirmation loop, meaning when I hear what's working for people, I'm more excited about writing more. And people write to me too, is I respond to them as much as I can and, and have a conversation and over new stories of new businesses that I interview for future books. So it's really that's probably my part of my own entrepreneurial endeavors now is this ability to connect with the community of readers. I love I love that. It's my favorite. Fantastic. Part. So um, okay. That takes us to the next book, which is Profit First. Yeah. And uh, maybe again, if you could explain what the core concept is. Yeah. What I discovered is there's an inch phenomenon happening. We already talked about it. There's 100 million businesses out there, yet fewer profitable. Think about it. To start to do countless things, marketing, recruiting, creation. How come we can't figure out profit? Even though the reason we started a business is financial freedom. To do what we enjoy and to experience freedom, yet we can't figure that part out. It makes no sense. And that's when, I, to me, what I think is the greatest creation I've had around finances is that the formula we use for business finances is taught. It says sales minus sixes equals profit. In fact, the, the vernacular we use, we profit the blind or the yeah. year. All those things, and the formula itself says profit last. It's human nature. When something lasts, it's insignificant. It's the, yeah. when yeah. you're you know, yeah. I suspect, Tobias, you never say, you know, I put family and loved ones last. I put my health last. I put my health last. No, those are critical things to your life experience. So I suspect my family first. I put my loved ones first. I put my health first. That has to do with profit too. If we want to have a profitable business, we have to take it. And why simply, simply is flip the formula. It's sales minus profit equals expenses. Saying here in practice is starting today, every time a deposit comes into your business, a revenue, you immediately take a predetermined percentage of that money, whatever that percentage is, suggestions in the book, hide it away from your business. As fit, and run your business off the remainder. Take your first. And now what we've, we've guaranteed profitability because in that percent first. And then our business, here's the expenses that's truly available to Ops business. So we have to adjust yeah. our business accordingly. This is a massive idea. I've put it into practice and I had it was my best year ever. Uh, oh, you know, more sales. But no, tr truth me, and I, the, the reason that this for me was just a simple idea to that you don't think you have and put it aside. Because you know, as entrepreneurs, you know, I'm a good example. I'm a bit of a gadget freak and snaps to like equipment and stuff. And yeah, yeah. you know, when there's something left over, I'm like, oh, I just might buy a new yeah. MacBook or whatever. And the, uh, you know, and I think that's the that's the premise of the book. If you really simplify it down to this very core, just like put your money away first, your profits away first, and then you know, then deal with it. Be the toilet exactly. paper entrepreneur. The rest of the <laughs> like yeah. just like. Be resourceful, and it just works. I mean, it, it really works. It just I love works. It. Yeah, the idea of, of this, all my books too, is capturing natural behavior. You know, I've had now. Just yesterday, I got back from a speech. I'm leaving in tomorrow. I've spoken with starting profit first, hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs over the years uh, wow. at events, thousands, and I wow. serve them. And I ask people, and it was, again yesterday, it was a small audience. This case is about 40 people. In the audience, I said, uh, "Logs into their bank account, see how much I have," and all the hands went up. 
And uh, I said, did your income statement, balance sheet, all these different things? And they said, not really. Occasionally, my accountant's there, but for maintaining the business on my bank account. Well, that's the behavior of most entrepreneurs. We log in on our phone or and see what our balance is. And if we have, we'll spend it. If we don't, you know, we, we sell something. So yeah. I said, it's our natural behavioral path. We need to capture it. So yeah. the first is a system. When we get into the implementation of it, we actually set up multiple accounts at your So now... When money goes in, we're allocating money toward profit, allocating money toward the salary of the owner, which is different than tax responsibilities, even other purposes. But the money yeah. is carved up before you time. And now you've absolutely, by doing what you always did, bank account, you have absolute clarity of what money is available, what purpose, or a penny is spent. It gives us yeah. clarity we need. That's brilliant. I think, Thank yeah, you. that's a super powerful idea because it's also rooted in psychology. I think this is like rationalize all we want, but like it's... Well, called it is. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we, uh, yeah, let's let's uh, talk about Surge. What uh, inspired you to write that? Yeah. And, so and Surge, what is the core idea? The core idea Surge is I realized at every market segment, we put, whatever your client base is, the community serve, there's always movements in those markets, always changing needs and desires. Very quickly, very slowly. The idea is in Surge is how do you identify where your market is moving? So I give strategies on identifying it. First, you identify that that's one easy study people miss out on. Like, I serve every. That's a mistake. Give me a specific community. Then we get, there's a trend in we can do to see where the market's moving and then offer a solution in of the trend. That's the biggest opportunity we have. Businesses come in after there's an established you know, market and there's already countless competitors in there. We say, well, now here I am trying to sell our way in, just uh, yeah. uh, clawing and scratching our way into a market. Some businesses, great example, Uber, uh, sees that Customers are frustrated with how taxis working, uh, and you know you have the cab in the pouring rain. Uh, you know where they are, you have to move to the corner. The cab could come right to you, uh, and and there was other elements too. That simple idea. They looked at the market and said people, you know, are looking for more convenience. Everyone owns now, and that's the trend that they saw. Planted a solution right in front of it, grew explosively. These opportunities exist everywhere. So surge is about identifying, move market, get yourself in front of it, and then ride the consumer way demand to grow yeah. your business as opposed to push your way in. I think that's brilliant again and uh, one of the the most difficult things that i encounter with and okay uh in my consulting business that's mid-sized and larger organization surprisingly uh they're not typically the game and so they'll you know a lot of the the discussions we'll have is like will this go mainstream it's kind of like yeah. crossing uh, the 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 bell. yeah like w- yeah. will it really yeah will it over and so for example the the health trend how will it affect you know food and all these categories? And OMS, my feeling is that don't really have the courage to to move when they should have. Like, do you have this for how to do that? How to like convince <laughs> yourself or clients to yeah yeah. Ride so the so there again is this thing called a confirmation bias. Once once success doing some. We usually latch on because it's always worked in the past, so we continued. So we will become entrenched in a process. Actually, my, my business partner came up with a great because once you get into a groove, grooves often become ruts. You get stuck in it. So yeah, how do you yeah. break out of it? The technique we use, and we actually use in our office, we do a thing called Utopia Corp. It's an experiment we do every uh, year. at a uh, We have a retreat that we do for the business. All hands. Everyone, I'm going to say all hands. We, we have 15 employees. Like, yeah, a big place yeah. here. 15 of yeah. us. Uh, get 30 hands. And, and yeah, all hands. And then what we do is everyone breaks into groups of two people. So we have small groups. And the experience is that each group is create a company we call Utocorp. It's the perfect company. And its only goal is to outpeat and beat our existing company. 
And when they create businesses, we then do a pitch where this group team comes in and says, here's a company we formed, and here's why it's better than the current that we have. And here's the opportunity. It's a way to analyze where we're falling short and do concepts. Basically, start a business to compete. And once we have an idea that's viable, we'll start that idea. And that's our new business. And, and the key is this, too. Not a person in our existing company that leads it and we have cash flow. No, no. You're out of here. You're off to start business. Yeah. You have no cash. Start like a entrepreneur and uh, be, try to be. Um, yeah. And, and that's the approach. Try yourself. You know, Google's very yeah. good at this. Google does yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So innovate your, you know, innovate yourself before someone else does it. Innovate yourself out. No one else is going as well. Do it. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Are there companies who are like entrepreneurs? Because I guess that's a great idea. Would be to have a, a bunch of entrepreneurs who are just trying to kill you every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice and then give you the playbook. You, and they also, you know, you have an equity stake business. Yeah. So yeah. You know, I I think as much as we're a business, every business, we're also incubators for the idea. So why not investing in these? startup is to beat you yeah yeah fantastic okay so then we get to clockwork and that's the recent book yes so clockwork came a year ago efficiency on yeah the realization was this that, that productivity is primary focus of businesses to improve their business productivity is not the solution activity causes what's called acting what it means is if i have hours of work and i'm just showing with my hand eight hours of work and uh, every day and i become more productive i can get the same work done amount of work done in a smaller amount of time, maybe six hours. Mm. That frees up these two hours to do more work. So our natural response is, oh, I have two more hours for work. Now we have hours of work again. So now we got to press it down, uh, your productivity. And what we do is impact all this work into a ball. So if one thing has one issue, one, it unwinds the thing. Many entrepreneurs yeah. experience, they come in with this great plan for the day and there's a wreck because that one email. In. That's a business that's focusing on productivity. Yeah. Now, the one caveat is productivity is necessary, but not the differentiator. Every business needs to be productive. You've got to get stuff yeah. done. Yeah. The differentiator is choreographing the organizational resources. It's organizing all that around you to work in sequence and support each other to the goal. It's maximizing the effect of the entire organization. Even if you're a company of one person, you have resources like the software and technologies. You have vendors, maybe virtual. And, of course, you have clients themselves. How do you organize them to move toward the common goal of your business? So clockwork is about organization and bringing that about. Interesting. So organizational efficiency and uh, see. So if we kind of try to wrap that up, so the first one is really about resourcefulness. I don't know. I'm trying yep. to come up with one word for it. Uh, the yep. pumpkin plan is more about focus, or what would you say? Yeah, focus on and, and customers. Yep. Uh, profit first. Profit. Yeah, is it cash flow management? Cash flow yeah. management, yeah. By taking it's the, it's the pay your first principle simply applied to business. So search then more by the trends. Is that more the creation, the innovation side of need to balance with the operational exactly. efficiency? That's correct. Because you need the both sides, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know which type you are as an entrepreneur, but I'm the, the guy who lives in you know in the future, wants to create new ideas and struggles to pull through. And I think operational efficiency. Is yeah, like I lean toward that. This, yeah, I would, in our office, uh, I own the term inventor, so I see uh, problems and can bring up solutions for them, um, and that's why I write the books with Lucian. I am not good. I can get the first 10% going, get the last 10% done. It's that gap in between where yeah. my colleagues excel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably fall category. Of course, I think entrepreneurship so. is kind of innovation, and I think you're integrating something new. You're probably set yeah. up and wired to do that, yeah.
Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. I mean, it really, it really makes a lot of sense. It's actually clear that you find someone, uh, an author, business author, that a clear sort of uh, connection between the books. I, I think personal opinion, but I don't think that everyone has. It seems like you planned it all. In, you can just say that you did that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. It, it, I didn't plan from day one, but it's coming into. I have 25, maybe it's even 30 other book titles I write. I don't get to it wow. all, but I know. I think I know what needs to be. But, but year in, year out, I speak with my readers, and uh, I get continually new insight by simply asking my readership, what challenge do you face now? Yeah. And that's how, that's how those new books fix this game about. I said, what challenge do you now? And they're like, I got so many challenges. I don't know what to pick. Oh, my gosh. We need a simple tool that will identify where you need to fix your business. And so how do you, how do you engage? You said uh, you mentioned email, but like, can, uh, how can people engage with you? How can they, they want to have more of this? Obviously, we didn't dive uh, very deep because you have such a vast body of work. But I mean, yeah, uh, yeah how can people get in contact? Yeah, with so you? emails, well, I'm up here again. Another email came in. So I got a few emails I'm going to look at when we're, we're interview. Um, that's the best way for people to communicate directly. But if people want to get resources, actually, I will do once, sometimes twice a year. I invite you totally free to come to my offices. Um, we have a training center and I get 30, 40 people in and just divulge my latest research um, so people can give me feedback. I have a very selfish interest. I want to improve it, and I want it to serve my community. So I just invite readers to come, but the one cat, if you do come, I'm going to ask you to test out these systems. Yeah. So um, the best way to get on that list and to get books and resources, I have a website, MikeMotorBook.com. MikeMotorBook.com. No one can spell Mike McCallowcom, but Mike Motor, uh, like yeah. the motorcycle. That's that was easy your nickname to when you were young, right? Right, right. That my nickname in high school. So yeah. go to MikeMotor.com. There's an option that says Get Tools. If you click on Get Tools, you'll get this to all the stuff we've been talking about for free. Um, free chapters to write. I'm a blogger and caster. But also, you'll um, invite, when I do it, it comes out of the blue sometimes night on Sunday night. I'll invite you know, 30, 40 people to my office, and that's on you know, people on that list. So that in way, just to go to Mike, no, say it again one more time. I'm just going to ruin it now. Yeah, it's Mike Motorbike, like the motor. So MikeMotorbike.com. Okay, include some links below. Okay, great. I have a couple more questions, but um, um, that's the body of work. We went through that. And uh, I see just like, again, going all option. Uh, where do you sort of see yourself be five to 10 years from now? Continue this. You said you have like 25 titles on your mind. Yeah. Uh, if you want to do like... Uh, for the rest of your life, this is this is your thing. You found this is my thing. I found my thing. I'm blessed. I, you know, I found it in my late 30s, and uh, I intend to see it through as of right now for the end of my life. Who knows what shifts and changes will come? But like I told you, yeah. I've always so I, I'm really devoted to this. You know, there's too many entrepreneurs that go in for the right reason and then get it because they're struggling, and and they can, we entrepreneurs really serve this economy world. We need the tools, so I'm I'm devoted to yeah. making the tools. Yeah, fantastic. Someone now, someone's listening or, or, uh, or who wants to be an entrepreneur, who kind of feel that inner voice talking to them, like what advice that you would give who are thinking about entrepreneurship? Like what are the things you're aware of or, you know, you may be... I think the big is uh, action to your advantage. And so don't overthink it. Don't too much yeah. time researching. I'm not saying go and totally blind. Have a plan, have an idea. But once you have that idea, you're going to learn more doing than you are by studying. So yeah. do it. And then I, I encourage people to take small steps. Like to say I'm a billion dollar company or whatever that big dream is, that's wonderful. But really, the question is how are you going to survive the day? Um, how are you going to get through tomorrow? What's the one new company you want to add this week or month? 
really on super small bite pieces, your progress, and think about much greater progress. I used to just yeah. think, I got to have a million dollars, I have a million dollars. And I was making small but never appreciating it and therefore not repeating it. Once I started, the wins are a combination of small and appreciating small steps. I'm much more efficient at replicating those things. Yeah, yeah. Good advice. So final question, since yeah. the name of the podcast is extraordinary, uh, and that was the idea behind that came from this idea, you know, one of my mantras is like in today's world, you know, being is just kind of the worst place in business yeah. because, you know, you're obscure basically. So you have to be different or even the only choice. But like mm -hmm. what the word extraordinary bring to mind for you? Like what does it really mean in, in, the, in the sort of context? I, I equate it to a word different. Yeah. Extraordinary to me means because yeah. extraordinary yeah. is yeah. ordinary. Yeah. And different means you're doing something that is expected. It's a common. And the beautiful thing, I think I'll have an opportunity to be different. There's, there's countless authors out there. I hope that I'm presenting myself as a type of author, the way I present content, yeah. the, way, the way I do it. I think in every business, every industry, any category to be different. It's really living into yourself. It's really who you are, exploiting yeah. that natural wiring that God gave you and live into your fullest and different and different extraordinary. Fantastic. Those are some really, I think it's good to end here. Thank you so much for, for doing Thank this. You. It's been a privilege, I'm a huge fan of your work. And I, Thanks, I really implore everyone to check Mike's books out. I mean, you won't, uh, you know, e either one, just start with anyone. Uh, and uh, I promise you, you'll get some simple, powerful ideas. Implement them. Of course, the results will speak for themselves. But so thank you, Mike. Uh, I really appreciate you, it. I'm going to have the live stream here. Maybe we can finish off in a couple of words. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.